Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the Union Naval. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm every yours, Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Delighted you could be with us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we'd love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right, the Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right, please get out of the thought control business. Our topics to sure, as you may have heard, well, former acting CIA director Michael Morell admits that current Secretary of State Anthony Blinken asked him to coordinate that infamous letter signed by 51 former intel officials, why, to falsely portray the Hunter Biden laptop story as Russian disinformation just before the 2020 election, as you might recall. Also, a current top IRS agent seeks whistleblower protection to share documented proof that that the investigation into Hunter Biden's taxes has been politicized and that senior officials have lied in their congressional testimony on the damn issue. What's next? Finally, we have more on Democrat feminist groups joining Republicans in supporting the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act against Biden's promise to veto it. You've got to wonder, do trans females have special rights to trample on the rights of women? Assisting in the opining and analyzing offer of the show, John Guandolo, former FBI agent. He implemented the agency's first counterterrorism training and education program on Islamic terror. He's also president and founder of Understanding the Threat. His most recent book is the highly praised work entitled Islam's Deception, the Truth About Sharia. John, good to have you on board. How are you today? I'm doing great and glad to be on with you. Good to have you. Good to have you. I got to ask you very quickly about the uh, the IRS uh, component of our show today. Uh, it, you know, Hunter Biden's uh, attorney, Chris Clark, uh, is very critical of this whistleblower who wants to bring forward uh, proof of how the investigation of his client's tax history has been politicized. He says that, quote, it is a felony for an IRS agent to improperly disclose information about an ongoing tax investigation, adding that, quote, the IRS has incredible power and abusing that power by targeting, embarrassing, or disclosing information about a private citizen's tax matter matters undermines America's faith in the federal government, unquote. Now, what's nonsensical about every diphthong coming out of this guy's mouth is that Clark's opposing a non-existent event. The IRS agent whistleblower uh, has not commented on Hunter's tax information. All right. He's only commented on the misdeeds of those investigating Hunter's tax information. Where am I mistaken? No, I think you're, you're right on the mark. And I think that if you look at uh, the overall situation, in the, at the federal government level, at least, uh, we have. I certainly don't professionally have any faith the Department of Justice will do the right thing, as we've seen. And I'm glad you brought up. You know, those who signed uh, that public letter and and who went on national television 
these aren't just some people. This includes the DNI, the Director of National Intelligence. It includes five CIA directors. It includes the chief counsel at the NSA. These are people deeply involved in the government. It includes directors and, and deputy directors of the National Counterterrorism Center. I mean, just it's unbelievable. And they all publicly lied. No, they and did, so didn't the they? And the problem here is that these guys allied with the Biden campaign, obviously coordinated with active government personnel to pressure big tech to, to quash that uh, Hunter Biden laptop story. And when they did that, they really also wound up engaging in election interference, did they not? They, of course they did, yes. But the, the, the bigger, I think the bigger piece here is that you have a, a current president, uh, his family member, his son, and probably it looks like there's enough evidence, his brother and others engaged in felonious activity, federal felonies, at least potentially uh, treasonous, seditious, but certainly felonious, where you have federal laws being broken and we are being lied to, and this, this goes to China, to the Ukraine, but as it relates, as you're asking about Hunter Biden, uh, th- just the evidence that we know publicly that's come out reveals felonies that have been committed for th- that. If they're not counterintelligence violations, they're certainly uh, violations of the law as it relates to foreign influence. Uh, organizations and entities that didn't uh, register as part of FARA, uh, all kinds of violations that are sitting on the table. But I think the the greatest of which is the greatest is the fraud that's been put upon the American people to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer money that's being used uh, to go overseas and fund the Ukraine under circumstances that that the American people are being defrauded about. because Let me me ask you something, sir. Let me ask you something, John. Mm -hmm. You know, years ago when Laura Lerner uh, used the trappings of official dem to violate the law in the name of enforcing it by way of zeroing in on conservative nonprofits while ignoring virtually all other uh, nonprofits, uh, and, and she got the IRS to facilitate her bias, and her criminality, um, the IRS ultimately was held accountable and humiliated. They were brought to, uh, brought to court, and they had to lay out hundreds of thousands of dollars in damages to the aggrieved parties. Unfortunately, you know, the people who were really responsible, they got off scot-free, but at least the agency was humiliated and embarrassed to some degree. Um, just as folks were able to bring suit against uh, the IRS for their shenanigans, can't the... Uh, at least the House, have grounds to bring suit against the DOJ for violating the 14th Amendment, you know, the Equal Protection Clause. We have a grotesque series of examples in which, as you've stated, uh, there is an ignoring of the law that's mind-boggling. It would seem to me that if there were grounds to bring suit against the IRS uh, from, from private nonprofits, no less, then clearly the House has standing, the GOP-led House has standing to bring suit against the executive for violating the 14th Amendment. Where am I mistaken? Well, I think uh, I'd push back on the premise. I understand what you're saying, and I actually don't disagree with it. What I would just say is uh, just like the dog that doesn't bark when the thief comes in the House, uh, uh, that's the Republican leadership. And uh, a dog that doesn't bark when a thief comes into the house has to be trained not to bark. Uh, I, I expect nothing at the federal level of re- Republican leadership. So you're I not mean, necessarily just... disagreeing with me that the House could do what I just stated. Yours is saying that looking at the leadership, you don't think it will. I don't expect anything to happen at the federal level that's going to be productive. I mean, all we're seeing now are it's it's a it's a stage show. You know, it, it, it pick any topic or any person, whether it's the attorney general or uh, a cabinet secretary or somebody who has some authority when they come in. And we see this great, these great clips of people getting lambasted 
and then they walk out of the room and they continue doing what they're doing because they know nothing's going to happen to them. And uh, I met a couple weeks ago with a couple leaders in, in Washington, D.C., who I would put at kind of the top of the heat of the Republican leadership who are good people, but they're one of a very small, very small number. And, uh, you know, they they are very pessimistic about what's going on up there, and I have to agree with them. Well, I think we also should remember that maybe the ultimate fail-safe is the Second Amendment option, you know, in the response to tyranny. Because when you have aggregate government actually, essentially, disconnecting themselves from the very laws they require the rest of us to follow, that equals tyranny. I don't think we're there yet. I think we have to trust in our system's uh, series of checks and balances and reciprocal checks and balances. But if all of a sudden we find all three branches subordinate to the very document from which the powers are derived, well, then that Second Amendment option might be taken. Stick with us. Spring is here. Time to get out of the gym and take your workout outdoors. Whether you're walking, running, swimming, or biking, it's important to have a proper warm-up routine to prevent injuries. Five-time Ironman triathlon world champion Craig Crowey Alexander has some advice. Sprains, strains, and injuries can happen to any athlete. Even a minor injury can affect your performance and derail your fitness routine. One of the best ways to try and prevent injuries is to make sure you prepare properly. Alexander recommends always starting with a 10 to 15 minute dynamic warm-up. Activation exercises combined with some dynamic movements like lunges are great for warming up. Focus on one specific movement at a time until you feel ready to go. Be sure to listen to your body and use proper support gear when needed to protect yourself and prevent injury. The Curad Performance Series Ironman lineup includes rugged supports, wraps, kinesiology tape, bandages, and analgesics to support you on your fitness journey. For more, go to curad.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM Skills Build is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM Skills Build is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States including yours, but they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. 
In his very first hours in office, literally on Inauguration Day, Joe Biden named a new head of the criminal division at the Justice Department. Nick McQuaid went to private schools. He rode at Wesleyan. He went to Columbia for law school. He was definitely not oppressed, but that did not matter to Joe Biden. Some jobs are too important for affirmative action. McQuaid's main qualification was being the former law partner of Hunter Biden's criminal attorney. In December of 2020, Hunter Biden hired a Latham and Watkins lawyer called Chris Clark to defend him against potential federal tax charges. Just a month later, Hunter Biden's dad hired Chris Clark's partner, Nick McQuaid, to oversee the agency that could bring those federal tax charges. That seems like an obvious and glaring conflict, but no, Nick McQuaid did not recuse himself from the Hunter Biden investigation. This is astonishing. This really is. Are you listening to an ex- uh, a bit from uh, Tucker Carlson? Fox News is Tucker Carlson tonight. And we've had him on our show a bunch of times years ago. We've got to get him back on. He's, he's got a hell of a program. And he says that one of the first things President Biden did as president was to name one Nick McQuaid to head the Department of Justice's criminal division. Tucker also points out how a month prior to that, Nick McQuaid was actually in a law firm that represents Hunter Biden. And now that same guy is going to oversee the Hunter Biden investigation. But again, he hasn't recused himself. There's clearly a conflict of interest here. A client from the law firm that once employed you is now being investigated by the very division over which you're reigning. Talk about conflict of interest. The guy's in charge of an investigation looking into the nefarious conduct of a client attached to his former employer. This is stretching credulity to every imaginable length, is it not? Is it any wonder that much of the nation would love to see all of these douchebags face a jury-approved firing squad on national television? I'm not advocating anything. I'm just saying people would like to see a firing squad of these people. God almighty. Anyway, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing, sticking around, and we appreciate that. Old friend of the show, John Guindolo, former FBI agent. FBI agent. He's uh, somebody who implemented the agency's first counterterrorism training and education program on Islamic terror. He's president and founder of Understanding the Threat. Again, his most recent book is the highly praised work entitled Islam's Deception, The Truth About Sharia, Sharia Law and all that. Uh, John, appreciate you sticking around. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Great to be this- on with you. Thank you for sticking around. We, we, we do, we're very, very happy to have you uh, hang with us a bit longer. This seems to tie into the very thing you brought up just before break, the interesting nature of all things Washington. Now here you got a guy who used to work at the law firm that represents Hunter Biden, and yet he's now overseeing one of the divisions investigating Hunter Biden. It's a head-scratcher, is it not? Not if you understand how these guys operate. I mean, it is for people like you and me who believe in doing what's right and what's just and seeing uh, seeing that done, but that's not what these people are about. How long before the American people, you know, just just lose it? I mean, there's only so much they can take. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, when people see aggregate government, and I don't think we're there just yet. I, I do believe in our system of checks and balances and reciprocal checks and balances. But we have to remember that the Constitution is the people's written directive to the government it created, okay, not the other way around. And not one of these branches has the right to thwart the mandates of the very document from which their powers are derived and to which they're each subordinate, none of them. And once we see our leaders, once we see politicians and, and officials and bureaucrats disconnect themselves from the very laws they require the rest of us to follow, that equals tyranny, denotatively or connotatively, unless, of course, language is no longer tethered to the meanings of the words that comprise it. And with that understanding, uh, the Second Amendment option does come to mind. I mean, if it's, this country has a very long and storied history of knowing exactly what to do with tyrants, and tyranny is achieved when government 
starts engaging in these very kinds of activities, where am I overstating anything? Please disabuse me. Well, I think uh, you're the most important point I would like to emphasize that you're bringing up. Uh, and I'm going to just take a step back and lay a couple things on the table because I'm uh, literally uh, this week have been working on a report that I'm hoping to get out today okay. about our analysis of some uh, impending attacks and how this is all coming to a head. But you have identifiable uh, a communist movement in the United States, which has thousands of organizations that are part of it. We have a hundred years of history and we have testimony before Congress, before the House on American Activities Committee, from KGB officers that defected, from Communist Party USA officials defected. We have books. We have all kinds of information uh, over the years. Uh, they have uh, doctrine, a strategy that's identifiable, and again, organizations and leaders that are identifiable, and they're working to bring down the republic. You have a, a jihadi movement in the United States. Uh, all of the prominent Islamic organizations, as a matter of evidence, in the largest terrorism trials in U.S. history, rolls out. They have a doctrine. They have a strategic plan. They have lines of operation. Both these movements are well-funded. And at, in the local communities around the United States, they're working seamlessly at the local level. Both of these networks, these movements, support directly violent operations like jihadi attacks or the efforts of the Chinese Communist Organization, BLM, or the Communist Organization Antifa. They support these, yet in the United States, we have no investigation into these movements. What we have is a government from the president's order down to the attorney general to the FBI going after Christian patriots saying that's what they're doing, and they're doing it. That is absolutely tyranny. It's a gross abuse of power, and this is where we are. And I think it's why I and my company, understanding the threat, do what we do. I'm just continuing the work I did in the FBI and the Department of Defense, which is to train citizens in local communities how to identify these hostile individuals and organizations in the local community and lawfully flush them out. But I think we're getting close to a very critical time in our nation's history. And it's especially uh, effective because they're using censorship under the guise of fighting misinformation and disinformation. And, of course, we have to remember that accusations of misinformation and disinformation must be shown, not merely declared. Otherwise, you've got the perfect tool for any tool to shut down opposing speech. Uh, and not That's only right. that, misinformation is still protected by the First uh, Amendment, but uh, we, we, have to, uh, we have to understand that we are able to fight Nazi tactics like these. We are able to do it. The big question is, how far away are we from revolting against this tyrannically rebellious government? I mean, nobody wants this nightmare, but these inbreds seem to be deliberately trying to trigger such a thing. Maybe I'm seeing too much into this, but after what you've just disclosed, perhaps not. Uh, anyway, as usual, uh, never enough time, but thanks for being with us today. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. 
Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools... Suddenly, everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. He has spotted and observed things that are done differently in, in this particular matter, which I can't identify, and he wants to talk about them and he believes that they were influenced by politics. You can't identify, but we have sources telling us that this has to do with the Hunter Biden investigation. And to that point, Hunter Biden's attorney, Chris Clark, put out a statement in which he says, it appears this IRS agent has committed a crime. It is a felony for an IRS agent to improperly disclose information about an ongoing tax investigation. The IRS has incredible power in abusing that power by targeting, embarrassing, or disclosing information about a private citizen's tax matters undermines Americans' faith in the federal government. Unfortunately, that is what has happened and is happening here in an attempt to harm my client. You know, it's really unfortunate that that statement was made. My client wrestled with whether or not to come forward. At the end of the day, he decided that he could not live with himself if he stayed quiet and said nothing. So he's coming forward, but he knows that he's going to be attacked. 
I mean, you see that as fairly threatening. That You know, I don't think it helps whistleblowers as a whole. Everybody, welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. That was an exchange between uh, uh, Brett Baird of Fox News' special report talking with, uh, uh, well, between him and Mark Lytle, Lytle uh, spelled L-Y-T-L-E, uh, who is an attorney for this IRS whistleblower. Um, and he says that the IRS whistleblower saw things being done in a different manner than usual, but he can't talk about what the matter actually is all about. Uh, Brett notes that Hunter Biden's lawyer, Chris Clark, publicly identified what the whistleblower was talking about in a letter accusing him of committing a felony by coming forward. Um, the attorney for the whistleblower, Mark Lytle, says that the whistleblower struggled with coming forward and knew he'd be attacked, and that and the attack by Hunter Biden's lawyer doesn't help whistleblowers in general. Um, we're covering this topic right now because it's it's really quite fascinating. Um, and again, this this top this current top IRS agent, he's not a former one, this current top IRS agent is seeking whistleblower protection to share documented proof that the investigation into Hunter Biden's taxes has actually been politicized and that senior officials have lied in their congressional testimony on the issue. Uh, again, it's just an astonishing development. We have assisting in the opining and analyzing old friend of the show, Robert Romano, vice president of public policy at the Americans for Limited Government. Um, Robert, good to have you back. How are you today? I'm doing very well, Alan. It's good to hear from you again. No, pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. I, you know, I'm, I'm just fascinated by this. You got Hunter Biden's attorney, Chris Clark, saying that, uh, you know, quote, the IRS has incredible power and abusing that power by targeting, embarrassing or disclosing information about a private citizen's tax matters undermines Americans' faith in the federal government, unquote. But I think what's nonsensical about everything coming out of this guy's mouth is that he's opposing a non-existent event. I mean, the IRS agent whistleblower verifiably hasn't commented on Hunter's tax information. He has only commented on the misdeeds of those investigating Hunter's tax information. Where am I mistaken? Well, yeah, and this is about whether the um, U.S. attorney out of Delaware is able to even pursue this matter um, without political interference or without having to require authorization from higher-ups in the Justice Department. Um, Garland has testified that, no, no, this attorney can, and he can move forward with this investigation if he needs to. Um, but I think that's what's that question. Um, that could be what the um, whistleblower has, that, um, you know, information might be able to elucidate on. But there's, I guess, a nuance of federal law that prevents him from uh, fully coming forward right now. Um, but it, it just goes to equal justice. And, you know, if they're going to be throwing the book at every single uh, person who runs for president or their children, et cetera, um, you know, is it going to be done in an equal way, or is it only going to be done against Republicans? Um, I think that's kind of where we're coming down on this. And also the conflict of interest uh, component of, of, of a number of these investigators, I believe, would also be ripe for, for court action. I think as a matter of constitutional law, uh, the House-led Republicans, or I should the, the GOP-led House, have every option to bring forward action against the executive branch if there are 14th Amendment violations going on, in other words, equal protection violations. Let me let you hear this one clip uh, from uh, Fox News' Tucker Carlson tonight. This is quite fascinating. Apparently, um, uh, the president had named Nick McQuay to head the DOJ's criminal division. Uh, They have some involvement in in investigating Hunter Biden, even though uh, Nick McQuay belonged to, um, at one time, the very law firm, that has Hunter Biden as a client. Clip 11, James, if you please. In his very first hours in office, literally on Inauguration Day, Joe Biden named a new head of the criminal division at the Justice Department. Nick McQuaid went to private schools. He rode at Wesleyan. He went to Columbia for law school. He was definitely not oppressed, but that did not matter to Joe Biden. Some jobs are too important for affirmative action. McQuaid's main qualification was being the former law partner of Hunter Biden's criminal attorney. In December of 2020, Hunter Biden hired a Latham & Watkins lawyer called Chris Clark to defend him against potential federal tax charges. Just a month later, Hunter Biden's dad hired Chris Clark's partner, Nick McQuaid, to oversee the agency that could bring those federal tax charges. That seems like an obvious and glaring conflict, but no, Nick McQuaid did not recuse himself from the Hunter Biden investigation. 
So he's essentially having a participatory role in the investigation of someone who is a client of his own former law firm. Uh, this seems to stretch credulity to every snapping point imaginable. Uh, I can't help but to believe that this could be contributing grounds to any suit that the GOP-led House would wish to bring against the executive. We've had plenty of instances in our nation's past where Congress has leveled a lawsuit against the executive uh, on matters uh, far less serious than this. What am I missing here, Robert Romano? Well, I mean, if it looks like obstruction from the president to prevent his son from being investigated, obviously that would be an impeachable offense. Um, but, uh, you know, for, uh, but, you know, below that standard of action, there, you can also subpoena records. Um, and so there could be lawsuits uh, from congressional committees trying to get access to some of this information, if, especially if the executive branch is stonewalling it. And if it has to do with a legislative matter, um, whether this whistleblower can come forward or not, um, well, that's going to be pertinent to Congress's job. So you can enforce these congressional subpoenas at the uh, federal court level. Supreme Court weighed in on this uh, back in the 70s, I believe, to um, – basically state that those subpoenas have to be, you know, uh, you know, enforced. They, 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 they are a part of the con- Congress's lawmaking responsibility, their oversight responsibility. They need to have access to that information. Um, but if President Biden was trying to protect his son, and it looks that way when you look at the, the whole laptop situation now where they, they, they base, I don't know, it looks like the intelligence officials were um, talked into this was Russian disinformation by the Biden campaign they didn't even have any credible sourcing on that oh i know it's fascinating here that's right you're talking about the house judiciary's uh government weaponization subcommittee right now having released the letter this is the one uh chaired by ohio congressman jim jordan just released the letter showing an admission by this former acting cia director michael morell the guy confessed under oath that he was the one who orchestrated that now infamous letter signed by 51 former intel officials claiming that the Biden laptop bombshell story reported by the New York Post, again, just weeks before the 2020 election, was Russian disinformation when, in fact, it wasn't. But, of course, that gave manufactured credence uh, to the FBI-pressured national censorship of that issue. Um, it turns out this Morell also admitted that he did this at the behest of Antony Blinken, who's our current Secretary of State, and that the Biden campaign had called to say thanks for his cooperation on the matter. I mean, Robert, when you put this orchestrated canard together with so many other shenanigans, whether it's Hillary Clinton and the DNC coordinating with government officials to conjure the Trump-Russia collusion hoax or the Biden administration's documented censorial campaign to quash science, uh, scientific dissent against its life-killing COVID protocols, I, I, I mean, it just seems that there's just so much... Uh, about which to be concerned that uh, after a while, it all becomes undeniable in the aggregate, does it not? Yeah, and I do, it does look like a pattern um, of definitely trying to protect these stories from coming out. Um, is there anything on the laptop that would corroborate the tax allegations, things like that? Um, that Congress obviously needs to get to the bottom of, um, and that's going to be a standard part of their oversight, um, and it could eventually lead to impeachment um, if, it, if, it, if it turns out that President Biden uh, was obstructing justice to protect his son. Um, you know, that's what they're trying to accuse Trump of, isn't it, um, for hiding documents and things like that, um, not cooperating with investigators, et cetera. Well, it doesn't sound like they're cooperating with the U.S. attorney out of Delaware right now or that, the you know, pr- President Biden shouldn't be interfering in that a matter. Now, the Justice Department cannot prosecute a president of the United States, a sitting president, um, just because he can't have the executive branch. No, but they can sure as hell prosecute his son, and they can call his father as a a witness if the father is a material witness to the nefarious conduct of that son. You know, he claimed that he never had a familiarity with his son's associates, didn't know anything about the businesses, but this laptop with tons of emails show that the direct antithesis is the case. Isn't that fair to say, Robert Romano? I agree. Just phenomenal stuff. really is. Robert Romano, everybody, Vice President of Public Policy at Americans for Limited Government. Thanks again. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back.
The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got, got his first, first job, job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. 
exchange operation um, opens one door but closes many others. Right? I, 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 I personally believe that um, anyone who, um, who, uh, who who collaborates in an in, in in intrusion into a developing child's body and mind is guilty of child abuse, a crime against humanity, okay? because that child is not prepared to make such a decision. Okay? I, I, I think that such, such decisions about sex reassignment surgery must wait um, when one attains a majority, which would be, it seems to me, a minimum of, of age 18. Uh, I'm, I'm very concerned with this because I think that... Um it's become a fashion, okay, uh, that, that, they, uh, that uh, the transgender uh, definition has become a kind of convenient label for young people who may simply feel alienated, okay, culturally for many other reasons. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. We're listening to Camelia Paglia. We've had her on our show before. We've got to get her back. She's, of course, professor at the University of Arts in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. And she was quite prescient uh, in her commentary because the clip you just heard was from 2016. Now, she's a feminist. The Bernie Sanders supporters have also voted for Jill Stein. But she says she thinks that gender transition surgeries for minors are a form of child abuse, a crime against humanity. Uh, more recently, uh, on the Dennis Prager show uh, from um, the uh, from the uh, Salem Radio Network, uh, she commented on this issue, saying that she believed that puberty blockers for children is a violation of human rights, and this all ties into our uh, ongoing conversation about. Uh, Democrat feminist groups now joining Republicans in supporting the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act against Biden's promise to veto the damn thing. You have to ask the question, do trans females have special rights to trample on the rights of women? We have assisting in the opining and analyzing Kevin Jackson. He runs the Kevin Jackson Network. Uh, he's also vice president of content management at Wimkin. Uh, he's additionally author of the highly praised best-selling work entitled The Big Black Lie, How I Learned the Truth About the Democrat Party. Kevin, good to have you back, man. How are you today? Good to talk to you, man. It's been a minute. Been I got to tell you, I, I listened to the prelude, you know, the preamble to the, the you know, bringing me in. And what a crazy world. I mean, you know, look, it's not even a bipartisan issue that people are fighting for the rights of women. I mean, you you said it's Republicans fighting for the rights of women. It's just people with common sense <laughs> fighting for the rights of women. Look, I'm a stand-up comedian, and this is rife with humor that oh God, the, yeah. <laughs> to- the toxically masculine men – uh, have, you know, are, are fighting against our weaker guys that have gone over to beat up on the women. Right. <laughs> who, by the way, <laughs> who by the way, the toxically masculine trans, or nobody's even calling them that. I mean, who's really toxically masculine? The dude who can't make it as a dude who goes over and becomes a woman. I mean, think about this. <laughs> well, you know, Kevin, that, that that just brings to mind what the hell is wrong with saying that you can, for instance, be pro-transgender while still recognizing the inherently unfair physical advantage that transgender females have over naturally born females in competitive sports. I mean, is, isn't it accurate that, to say that camouflaging this unfairness as a civil rights campaign really fools nobody? Look, this is exactly what the, that is exactly what's being said is that, look, you, you started Title IX. You've got an entire movement, a women's movement built on I am woman, hear me roar. They can't even say that on the left anymore because they don't know what the definition is. Right. And, and so we look, at the end of the day, show me where trans men are losing. You know, in other words, when, when a trans man goes over and he's running track against women, he dominates. When he's playing tennis, he dominates. When he's swimming, you mean, he dominates. I'm sorry, I, I, don't want to, I just want to correct it real fast. You mean when a trans female who is a woman, I mean who is a man, a trans female going no, up against a, a naturally man, born women. No, a, a trans man, okay, well, let, let, let's just make some, some distinctions. A trans woman who comes over to become a man, is anybody talking about that? No, no, is no, you're so correct, Kevin. No, they're not. Nobody <laughs> can deny the scientifically provable physiological advantages that trans females have over naturally born females, just as no one can reject the physiological super advantages that naturally born males 
have over trans males. No, here, here's my point. <laughs> men are not even complaining. If you're a trans woman and you want to be a dude, are you or I complaining? Out? Have you met a guy that's when you know these doggone trans women coming over here trying to do dominate us? No, no, we don't care. We don't care if they're better looking. We don't care if they're better <laughs> athletes. Nothing. But when you you're a trans dude and you go over there, look at look at the outcome. The outcome is. We send these, I call them our scouts, Alan. <laughs> we send our scouts over, and we have dominated these women. There's not a sport that we don't dominate. We even win their beauty pageants. Look at Maury. You can't even tell us apart. Our dudes look better than their hairy arm, you know, <laughs> vagina hat wearers. And, and, they, and, and, we're, and then when we try to protect them from our weaker element, they call us toxically masculine and don't do anything to those guys. I mean, this is rife with nothing but hypocrisy and irony and humor. And, and look, at the end of it all, when are, when are the, the Me Too women going to wake up and go, you know what, this isn't going to well, end actually, well? Actually, you know what, I'm, I'm happy to say that uh, that, it, that does seem to be happening more and more now. Just You heard it me is. play the Camellia Paglia clip. Yes. And she was, she, she was showing herself to have some acumen there, without a doubt. Uh, almost some telepathy 101 uh, uh, agility. But anyway, yeah, right now, yeah. the Women's Liberation Front and the Women's Declaration International USA Again, those two groups, the Women's Liberation Front and Women's Declaration International USA, they refer to themselves as radical feminists. These guys are now on the same side as All-American swimmer Riley Gaines and the Republicans. All of them are now objecting to Biden threatening to veto the GOP bill that would ban trans uh, females from going against naturally born females in competitive sports. Again, the you bill gotta, is known you as the protection. You gotta love this. Yeah, you gotta Look, love man, it. You gotta love it. Look, here's what, here's the deal. Look, I know you're a moderate. I, I'm a, I'm just what I call people a pragmatist. People call me a conservative. I'm, I just want the truth. You so go. call me whatever you want. But here's what I will tell you. When you look at what's going on, look at look at it from a political perspective. You've got this battle royale raging between the the feminists on the left. Who have who readily embrace the LGBTQIAWTF movement, right? So you got all that being, being the, the battle royale that's raging there, and you have the people quote on the right who are saying, "Look, let's just look at this pragmatically." Because here's the deal, Alan: we don't have a dog in the fight. If our if we send our soldiers over there without their peckers and they go over and beat women, why are we going to be mad? The reason why we're mad is because we have some people have daughters. No, precisely. Some you know, and and I think all humor aside, and there's so much humor to be had because it's so nonsensical. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm glad that more and more uh, liberals, not to be confused with uh, woke Nazis, but actual yeah, bona fide liberals, are coming around saying, "Wait a minute, this is antithetical to all logic," because. Trans females do not have special rights to trample on the rights of women. Kevin Jackson, great having you back. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Thanks again, everybody. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.